1: So, folks welcome back to the anthony gordon show i might have started the show before with these famous words but i uh i mean this as sincerely as as one can say anything and that is this is a, uh, <clears throat> a very special and nostalgic guest that i have the pleasure of speaking with um, for a number of reasons chris van hierden is a fellow South African. I realized that there were Chris before as I was driving up here. I think there are three things that we have in common. Both former South Africans. I think both of us look to one of our parents as our best friend. In your case, your late father. And in my case, my late mom. And we both former boxing champions. I mean, the third one... uh, if you Google me at somewhere, I think I'll page 274. Um, but all kidding aside, Chris, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: So, you know, it's very it's very unusual to have someone who has reached the peak as a professional uh, athlete, you know, whatever their chosen sport is, in your case, boxing. And yet, you've never compromised who you are. You You're a person who doesn't have to... You know, put on the, the big muscle machismo. You're a guy with a big heart and a big soul, and hopefully, in our discussion, that uh, and that'll come out to the listeners. But let's just give a little bit of background so we can help people put this in context. Can you just give our listeners a little bit of your journey um, from the time the gloves were on and you realised perhaps this is this is your calling? Until 2009, you became the uh, IBM welterweight champion of the world. And the, yeah,
0: um, boxing. You know, I grew up in a house with a father that was obsessed with boxing. You know, as a South African, boxing was pretty big back home. You know, we had some big, big stars back home. And my father was a professional fighter. I'm one of seven brothers. Wow. Well. And and I'm the smallest, the, 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 I was a little guy, okay? So my dad, made me do boxing he forced me to do it i, I didn't want to do it and um, <clears throat> but that was his passion and his dream right. but he but he clearly saw something in me which in later stages of life he he made clear to me you know and and let me know what why he was so hard on me right um i decided that i want to do boxing at the age of 18 only then I started boxing when I was six. I had my first fight when I was six years old. With your brother? And no, that was before. But as a, <laughs> as a, as an amateur fighter wow. at the age of six, I started fighting, and I, I dread every second of it. I didn't want to do it. But at the age of eighteen, only then, I discovered that this is my calling.
1: Which is considered late in, in in oh the-
0: you know is is if you know I wanted to become an accountant. Wow. You know I was, I, I didn't want to fight, and. My dad's dream was to become a world champion, and my dad is my role model. My dad's my best friend. My dad's my dad's my everything, you know. And I looked up to my dad, but little, little did I know that my dad looked up to me. Well, and only when he said that to me, my 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 world changed. I gave boxing a go, a good go. Like I wanted to do this
1: for for your dad's sake, or or to continue the family legacy, or? No, at the age of 18,
0: when my dad made clear to me that he he's inspired by me, that yeah. he lives his dream through me. I mean, my dad's my role model. So, and that to me, that's something. I was like, wow, my role model looks up to me. Only then that I found this passion for fighting where I really wanted to make it a success. Yes, partly that's for it. my dad, but. But for me, sure. you know, I was sure. like, okay, this I want to do this fully. And you know, life is life is tough. And once you decide you're gonna go after something in life, everything we think it's from point A to B, it's a straight line for right. success. You've got this whole thing planned in your head. But the moment you take that first step, all of a sudden the line gets all wrinkled and it's, it's not, never it's never no, a straight it's line. It's not that straight line that you're looking for. And I was faced with a lot of adversity and a lot of setbacks and a lot of challenges. Long story short, to get to, to let you know, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a former world champion. Right, I've reached the highest peak of boxing in South Africa as a, as a welterweight fighter. I'm a former world champion. I've beaten the who's who's in mm-hmm. the welterweight division. Wherever they put in front of me and they said, oh, this guy, you're gonna beat this guy. You're I've beaten them all to a point where I had no one challenging me back home I defended my world title three times it's amazing but I had a bigger dream and a bigger vision you know I, I if you don't if you don't dream big if you don't have a vision I believe you know you, even though you're alive you're dead I 100% agree and I had a big vision my vision was to come yeah Los Angeles, California. Why? Because this is where the biggest capital of boxing is. That's why your many packers are here. Sure. You who's who's are training out of this place because this is where the media and their attention is. So when you were,
1: just, be, just press pause for a second. There you are, world champion. Imagine you're walking to Rosebank, you're walking to Santon. You walk, everyone knows you. You've got the accolades. You've got the media. It, I mean- You've got the whole world at your feet, young guy. Uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty courageous and and uh, it's a heavy move to go across the pond where you it goes. You know, st- you press reboot and you start again. You know,
0: I remember. You know, I was I woke up one morning. I just defended my world title for the third time. Now, I had money. I had cars, apartments. Woman. Yep. You know, you know, I lived the life. I would walk into a restaurant and I would not pay because People because pay. The, the the owner would give me free food. Okay. But I was not happy. Yeah. In my heart, I was not happy because I had bigger dreams, bigger visions. I wanted to to challenge more. And it was a tough, it was a very tough choice. I'll never forget it. I woke up one morning. And I walked out on my balcony and I stood there and I asked myself the question. I said, what do I have to worry about? What do Chris Van have to stress about today? And I couldn't come up with one thing, not one thing, nothing. And I picked up my phone and I phoned my dad. I said, dad, I want to pack my bags. Wow. And I want to go to America. I said, I just got bigger dreams and bigger visions. I said, there's only one person that can stop me from doing that and that is you tremendous respect for your father and my dad said what are you still doing here he so you better pack your bags you better go now now What's I was it? I was 26 years old I had a plan I had, I had faith what? I had faith and I had a plan and I was so eager to jump on this train to, on on when I said train I mean sure. you know this this ride I'm I'm looking forward to that I did
1: not I did not plan anything out. But in um, your mind's eye you could you had this oh, image my, uh, you had this picture oh, it's all about In my mind
0: I I I had this I'm a world champion I, was, I had this thing like I'm going to get on a, a plane I'm going to go straight to Los Angeles I'm going to touch down and the world will be my oyster That's that's what I had in mind Fantastic attitude And I jumped the plane and I and I had a plan my plan was my plan was to go to a boxing gym where there's a lot of traction and just be me. If I'm just me, if, if I'm good enough, someone will pick me up. If I'm not, you know, I'll find out. But
1: I had a plan and that's all. I didn't research anything. So I want to just, because the view, the uh, the listeners don't know you <clears throat> as well as I do, you're one of the guys that are, are, are so comfortable <clears throat> in your skin. You know, part of what I'm involved in is being around a lot of professional athletes. And sadly, I often see it takes six or seven gold chains. <laughs> so a person feels, okay, I'm uh, now I feel good. It takes uh, an entourage to, for a person to feel, one second, I'm no longer just part of the, uh, the general public. You walked into my office, you know, you were, someone could have come up to you and said, you know, uh, you want to fix the air conditioning. I mean, most non-assuming guy.
0: I got that from my dad. My dad said, you better stay humble, boy. He said, you better than no one. He said, you never ever get a big head. You stay with, you stay grounded. Stay humble. You work hard. So I got that from my dad. I don't think I'm better than anyone because I know I'm not. That's, that's selfish. But I do take pride in my work ethic. Tremendous work ethic. I here. do take pride in how hard I work. And that's, that's where my confidence comes from is, is I know that I'm, at the end of the day, you might be, you might drive a more fancy car than me. You might have more change around your neck. You might have more money. You might, you, 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 you know, your dad might have helped you get this or that. But one thing you will not do is outwork me.
1: No, that's that's clear in your boxing style. That's one thing I got. And in your your fight. For so so
0: so my dad my dad always told me said you better stay grounded. So I
1: got that from my dad. So let's walk us through this. <clears throat> you arrive <clears throat> in L.A. You don't know anyone. This is. Uh, the guy that's a household name that had all the public accolades. And he, well, isn't there a sense of the, the, the loneliness of anonymity? Yeah, man?
0: you know, I knew, I knew three people. I knew three people and that was it. It's the best thing I've done in my life because, because I learned how to live with myself. Because all of a sudden, like you just said, I'm lonely. All of a sudden, I can't turn left and right and ask for help. I can't just whoever I'm talking to in my language in Afrikaans, my name, my home language, no one understands understand. me. Um, I'm alone. If something goes wrong, I got to sort it out. So I'm I'm facing this this whole new challenge of
1: I got to figure out stuff myself. So did you figure? There's one thing about fighting as a professional mm-hmm. boxer, fighting for a title, but yeah, you are fighting to survive.
0: That's exactly that's exactly what I did. You know I. <laughs> I remember the day that I put my hand in my pocket and I had $1 in my pocket, $1. I've got too much pride to, to beg, to ask for help. It's a pride thing. So- You had $1, one tonight. I, name. I, I had $1 in my name and I didn't eat for two days. Oh my gosh. And two pro- And I'm still on this train of becoming world champion. I'm, I'm still, I'm still, you know, in the gym every day, pushing towards this dream, putting a smile on my face. Well, a smile can hide a thousand tears. One yeah. smile can hide a thousand tears. All you need to do is smile yeah. and people will think you're okay. That's all I did. I would fake it and I would go home and I would be hungry and my dad would phone me. And Whew. to this day, if my dad phoned me and he said, my boy, how are you doing? I would lie to him. I would not want him to, to, to worry. And I would put a fake smile and I said, dad, I'm on top of the wall, that's good. And I put the phone down and I'd be
1: like, Where am I going to get money to eat? To me, it speaks volumes of what a selfless person you are. You did not want your dad to worry. Ah, It would have been very easy saying, dad, you know. I need help. Send me 500 bucks, anything.
0: Anything, but I did not want to put my, my dad in that position where he goes, I'm so far away from my son and get him stressed out and
1: worried about me. So I'm, I'm I'm going to ask you a question for a very yeah. specific reason because this is one of the underlying themes of this whole yeah. show. If I would have walked into your room during the darkest time, one back to your name, you, this at that point of the journey you hadn't uh, you hadn't met Freddie Roach, which we're going to talk about. Yes. You hadn't been signed by um, Tom Brank, Tom Brank by Bomb Arum. Uh, things just opened up to you, but before the the flowers started blossoming, you were in the weeds. If I Tapped you on the shoulder then and, say, and and asked you, Chris, do you still believe that you're going to be champion? Do you still be, be, believe you're going to make it? What would you have told me? Absolutely, yes. That's
0: the only thing that that is, that's I had I had everything. I had every reason to get back on the plane and go home to my comfort zone. The, the reason people don't succeed in life is because they're afraid to take risks. And in order to grow, you've got to step out of your comfort zone. In order mm-hmm. for anything to grow, you got to step out of your comfort zone. I've already stepped out of my comfort zone. I've, I've, I've already been, I went from being a world champion to losing my world title without even getting in a ring, bad management, and just the loads of, I've, I've faced all, I've went through all these things already. So I was like, you know what, I'm here already. There's no way I'm giving up. And the only thing that kept me waking up every morning with the same passion, the same drive, was my vision. I had faith in my vision, and my vision is that you're gonna sign with Top Rank. I came here with the, with a sole purpose to be with Top Rank four, four and a half years ago. That was my reason, because because they are the biggest in boxing. And but it
1: was real to you. It wasn't like no, it, it was not was, a fairy tale. This it is it
0: was real. I because because I've I've challenged myself in the gym with with top fighters, and I and I know I've got what it takes. No, we so so about. so it was it was real. So if you tap, that's the only thing that's the only thing that kept me going was was believing in in my vision and
1: my dream. I had faith that one one of these days I'm gonna get it right. So the reason why this is important is because the, the 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 theme of this show is really straight talk, empowering the listeners, giving them tools to navigate through the journey called life. There's hundreds of podcasts on how to cook, how to make how to make things. This is about how to, I think, the most important thing, and that's the, the GPS for life, giving people the tools to get through the <clears throat> curveballs that every single one of us face. In your case, it was a fight, literally, as a boxer, <clears throat> but it's also your attitude and your fortitude to never give up. Um, so let's, let, let's pivot a little bit and, and, and touch on um, fast forward, Share with the listeners, and then I hopefully we'll tie this together. Conor McGregor, McGregor, probably one of the best known fighters on the planet, chooses you to spar with. Firstly, how did that happen? And secondly, if you don't mind sharing with the listeners, how that, in a weird way, uh, was
0: worked in my favor. Yeah, everything blew up for you. Everything blew up for me again. Okay, I'm gonna go back to that to that topic. In life, a lot of people miss the opportunity of success because they're afraid to do one thing and that's take a risk. They are so comfortable in their comfort zone so many times they are too afraid to step out of their comfort zone and take a risk because they might lose everything. Right. So a lot of people in this world are so close to having success, but it requires a little bit of risk.
1: Without question. And
0: without, they're scared to take risks. So a lot of people in this world missed their opportunity of success because they're afraid to take risks. And I believe that. And, I, and that's one of my, my things in life that just drives me. I, to, I move towards risk. So the Conor McGregor thing, the fighting world is a very small world. Everyone knows each other. Everyone knows each other. It's easy to find what you're looking for. So if I lead... Someone to mimic another fighter, uh, you know, make a few phone calls. I'll find someone in uh, now. Conor McGregor just lost to Nate Diaz. He had to rematch with Nate Diaz, right? Which is a southpaw, which I am tall, lanky, good with the hands, southpaw. So Conor needed some sparring for the Nate rematch.
1: So, uh, but uh, that had the same style as him, a
0: southpaw. Um, I'm the same build, a, yeah. a tall, <clears throat> southpaw, good with the hands. Good looking, and I'm a you know, come on, <laughs> and 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 good with the hands. And I'm a former world champion, right? But the reason why Conor and them approached me mainly was because that's when the whole Floyd Mayweather conor McGregor talks started surfacing, and everyone's like, Oh, Connor's gonna fight Floyd, blah blah blah, boxing, blah blah. One so, second. How, how did what
1: triggered that? What triggered all those rumors? um
0: I believe I believe it's it's both of them Floyd said it in an interview, hey I might fight Conan Connor said it in an interview and with social media is so important uh, this time and age with social media anything can happen it so vital. that's how I started fighting. So then I went home, I just fought in Las Vegas. I headlined uh, CBS sport in Vegas as a fight, won it. I went back home for a month to visit my family. I came back out of shape, I went for holiday. I landed, because obviously because of social media, my friends knew that I'm gonna land this and this day, blah, blah, blah. So the moment I landed, my phone rang, and it was one of my gym buddies. And he said, hey, Chris, do you mind coming around the gym? I said, no problem, I'd like to see you guys. As I got to the gym, he said, there's someone that wants to see you. You had no clue? No idea. I said, who? He said, just just hold on, they're on their way. I was like, okay. (laughs) Next moment, Conor McGregor walks into the gym. And he's a big boy. I never, you know, I expected him to be smaller. He's a big boy. And yeah, walks he's, he's got a physical presence. Yeah, big and a big boy. Yeah, his physical presence. And he walks into the gym and he's a really nice guy. Comes up to me, hey, Chris, Connor. I said, like, I know who you are. Um, cut it straight to the point. He says, I need some sparring for the NH rematch. Blah, blah, blah. Can you help me? Uh, out of, out out of, of the, the blue, the, right there on the scene in front of everyone in the gym. He said, Can you help me? Obviously, the first thing that popped in my mind is this is my risk moment because I need to make a name in America. I say yes to Connor right now. He beats me up. I'm out of shape. This can go very badly for me very quickly. People will make a joke out of me. No, yeah, you, and, you know, that's the risk I'm facing right now.
1: So or, did you see at that time that if it, the whole thing blows up to the negative, you would have gone into becoming a professional chess player? Yes. Whereas at the other hand, this could have been your springboard it's
0: like, like getting known, getting my name out there. So so in that moment, I looked at the reward. The reward was the whole Conor McGregor Floyd talks. Everyone is going to want to know who's Chris Van Jernin because Conor's working with him. Who's this boxer? So this is my moment to get my name out there. So I say, yes, when, I say, yes, when? He goes, in about two, three hours. <laughs> I say, okay. I go home, I get ready. I'm thinking to myself, oh, I'm so out of shape. I better, you know, live up to this. And me and Connor had a, had a, had a behind closed door sparring session, the first one.
1: I wanna press pause and, and, and try and tell me if this, how this fits for, um, this resonates with you. I often tell people that in life, we are um, m- more often than not faced with the following dichotomy, comfort or greatness. People who are great, by definition, of either going to take the road less traveled, or you know, proverbially that, jump without a net. That's one hundred and ten percent.
0: I agree with you. You know, it's the people that take the risk. You got to, you got to be that guy that just goes left when everyone goes right. You just got to be that guy if you want to, if you want to be, if you want people to talk about you, you got to be the odd one out. I couldn't agree with you more. You got to be the odd one out. So, 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 me and Connor has this session. Behind closed doors, it's a in a fighting world. It's a it's a male ego. Th- it's it's a male thing where I got to establish that in boxing I'm the alpha male, and he's trying to establish he's and the he's, alpha male. And he's Conor McGregor, he's the UFC champion. Blah blah blah. But no, but the media's not there. Uh, the no is- media, no media. It's A few of his guys and we close. We, we lock the gym, and um, so we we're going at it. Well. And I made it very clear. He he knows what happened in that sparring session. Okay,
1: so you made it clear. That you I made it clear get... that
0: I'm the alpha male and I'm the fighter and I'm the boxer and I'm the. I'm. This is my game.
1: Did he expect you to take it easy? It's no, like, he's oh, corner. No,
0: I think I. I don't think he expected it because, from experience, he knows that once we put those gloves on, you know, we, all better off. Yeah, and we and we we let it go a little bit, and but I made it very clear that I'm the alpha male and we became. After that session shook hands, it was really cool. He was really nice towards me. He's like, Jeez, man, I need your help. You know, thank you, good, blah, blah, blah. And I felt his presence, I felt his kindness, and I let my guard down. Because now I don't have to, I'm, I felt like I've made it clear that I'm the alpha male. So I let my guard down, we buddies. He said, can we do this again? I said, yes, when? He said, Monday. I said, okay. And then the Monday he walks into the gym with an entourage of camera people. Oh boy. And I'm looking at this I'm thinking to myself, what is he doing? And I was like, what's going on? And are like, no, they're just gonna film it. I said, like, no. You have
1: no heads up. No.
0: And so, so I say, fine. I said, I, I would not like this to be filmed because I'm helping you. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm out of shape. I'm not in the best shape. So sure. I'm like, no. And, and he looks me in my eyes, him and his gym members. And he says, this is for personal use. You know, this is just for me. I want to monitor my performance. but And I felt it. I felt, I thought it was real. I felt the genuineness. I you was saw like.
1: eye contact. Eye contact. Gave you word. This is just, this is not going to be for the public. And I was like, okay, this is cool.
0: I, I trusted him. But because of experience, I had a gym, a buddy in the gym. And I said, take out your phone. Smart man. Just stand on the corner. Just take out your phone, iPhone, and just record this for me. Just just do that. And we had a sparring session. And, you know, it was fun. And. And I went home and about two hours later my phone blows up and I look at my phone, it's TMZ and all these, my phone blows up. It's going crazy. And I'm looking at it and I'm looking at footage of me and Carlos sparring and it looks like he's beating beating me up. And I'm like… Somebody doctored the footage. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not the way it went. It was a good sparring session. Wow. And all of a sudden, you can imagine it's just bad headlines all over. Ex-world champion gets beat up by Connor. He's a bum, blah, blah, blah. Conor's going to fight Floyd. And and everything works in favor of Connor and them. And I'm trying to get hold of Connor's management team. And, and no one responds to me. So one second, just so the, the listeners were, obviously they took the footage and whatever yeah, and, e- and editing it, they did that, that so it that was he came out on top. And made it look like he beat me up. Because now you've got to keep in mind there's $100 million online for him to fight Floyd. So he'll steak? do whatever to sell this fight. Oh, for sure. But I trusted him. He looked me in my eyes. There's something when you look a man in the eyes, you I make agree. him a promise. And he did that. But then all of a sudden, all you know, they, they stabbed me in my back. So, so I'm going to cut forward to three weeks later. Jeez. I'm so depressed. I'm in such a negative space. I'm sitting with unedited footage. But I'm so, I'm so down, man. I mean, I had to log out of my accounts because I get threats oh from gosh. people, you know, just hating on me. And I'm phoning a dear friend of mine, is a, a movie movie star, Frank Grillo. And I said, Frank, I said, buddy, I said, well, what do I have to do?
1: So one second, the unedited footage was from the cell phone recording.
0: That my friend took, that I oh, told wow. him to take. I said, well, what do I do for me on Ford? He said, well, you're in Hollywood. <laughs> See, you gotta. Let me tell you something. You wanna, you want, you want to save your career. You gotta put that real stuff out there. Wow. And I didn't want to do it because that's not who I am. But I had to. So um, I yeah, found up got hold of TMZ and I put on out the unedited version where you clearly can see me playing with Connor and, and I'm having fun. Yep. And I'm really, really way better than him. And then it was a 360 turn. Everything worked in my favor. Like I knew from day one it would, but after, you know, life has got a way. If you if you, if you stick to the, the straight and narrow and the truth and you work hard and you be dedicated, it finds its way yep. back. <clears throat> Always come back. Yep. In a good, and it did. So by then, you know, my name blew up and my name was out there. And America started to get, the fight world at least started to get to know me better. So how, how did Connor justify to the public? <laughs> no, no, Connor to the public was like, ah, you know, his people did it, so I did it. And... You know, this, that, he was like, it's not a big deal. He spun the whole thing. To this day, I haven't, haven't heard of him. To this day, I haven't heard Very of him, sad. three years later.
1: Very sad. So that, so that put you in the headlines. That put,
0: that's it. That got my name big big time out there in the fight world. And
1: uh,
0: yeah, it's, 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 you know, to to cut straight forward, you know, i like I said, i believe in vision. If you can see it and you work hard and you stick to your craft and you just, don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen because you will find them everywhere. People for that sure. will try and bring you down, people that will try and destroy your dreams. We call those people dream killers because for some reason they did not succeed or they could not accomplish their dreams and their goals. The moment they find themselves in your company, when you talk so boldly and about your dreams, they will do whatever it takes to destroy yours because they have failed in theirs. So you well. gotta be, you gotta be careful of those people and and, if you have a vision and a dream and you work hard and you dedicate yourself and you put yourself out there and you just st- stay honest. Stay honest to the crafts. Be honest with yourself. That's the best thing you can do. Be true to Is yourself. Be true to yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Life will offer you the beauty of it. You know, if you put in hard work, the reward the reward will come up. I tell you that. I have, man, I've sat on my dad's bed when I was 18 years old. I looked at Freddie Roach. Manny I asked my dad, I said, dad, one day, do you think I will be able to do it? Now, you know, as a South African, that's a big question because that's like th- th- that's like it's, it's never going to happen. Different that's, galaxies. That's, that's it. And my dad said, my son, if you work hard and you believe it, you can see it, you can do it. And I did. And what I ended up training, Freddie Fred Roach trained me. Freddie Roach took me. My dream was I was like, one day mm-hmm. I will fight in Madison Square Garden. No matter what, people laughed at me. Because I was never supposed to be that guy that made it this far as a South African. Yeah, I wasn't. I People laughed at me. I said, I'm gonna fight in Madison Square Garden. They laughed at me because about 65 plus years ago, Willie to Will was the last. I remember Willie. And he lost in a title fight. I went there with Freddie Roach to my corner. I saw me. I believe that one day I will train with Freddie. I did that. Freddie took me to Madison Square Garden. I fought in Madison Square Garden. I won an IBF International title in Madison Square Garden. I visioned that stuff when I was 18 years old. It came to life. It's amazing. I said, one day I'll headline Vegas. I fought in Las Vegas, CBS. I headline a show. I, th- I said, the main reason I came to America four and a half years ago was to be with top rank. It didn't happen for me four and a half years ago, but I never lost faith. I never stopped believing.
1: I think that's and for, December boom bo, I top, top, top rank parachutes in and, and that's and people say, up. How did you do it? I said, I just never lost faith. I tell you what I think I tell you why I think you are a likable person and any success um that I've had on the speaking circuit or in uh, in helping, you know, high profile people is because I try to be real and I think you're very real. I think you talk about the fact that you failed. I think you talk about the fact that you um, – the setbacks. I think that's – I think it's the biggest disservice to people when you paint the picture of a fairy tale. It's not. It's not. People take tremendous knocks. They fall. And I think that that's the difference between um, people who are successful and people who are not because they get so disappointed that eventually they just slither off and I say, okay – I won't be great, I'll be comfortable and live a life of mediocrity.
0: Anthony, spot on man. You know, I used, there was a time in my life and I'm gonna, I have to be honest, because that's why, there was a time in my life where I was shy to talk about my struggles. I was, because I didn't want to get judged. People judge you. Yeah, for sure. And the people that told you and want to see you fail, they get they get a kick out of it when you fail. A lot of, most so people... I would, I, there was a time in my life where I would not talk about this because I didn't want to get judged. I'm a man of faith. Makes all the difference. You know, I, I pray every day, you know, I'm a God-fearing man. And there came a time in my life where I fell to my knees in prayer. And I asked God for guidance. I him, what do I do? What do I do from beyond forward? I said, I don't know. And he made it very clear to me. He said, you know, you got to be honest. Stop lying to the world. No, you gotta be true to yourself. True to yourself, and and you you gotta use your struggles. You you gotta share your story. You gotta because people are gonna find more out of your struggles than you telling, spending them a success story. Tell them how you failed. I couldn't agree. Great. Tell them how you failed because everyone fails, and there people. There's people. You know, I lost two friends that committed suicide because they failed in life and they did not see the end of the light at the end of the tunnel and they commit suicide. And oh. and there's there's so many people out there that's that's failed and and in that position where they don't see the end of the light at the, at the tunnel. But but I want to be that guy that if I can touch one person say hey I've been there. I've
1: i lo- I've been as low as a man can go. So here's my prediction okay as someone who's been uh trained in public speaking, got a sense of, of uh, how, how to try and hit the spot. Here's my prediction, Chris. My prediction is, and this is being recorded, so we can't edit this out, or maybe we can, but I don't want to edit this out, is that first? firstly, you will be the world champion again. I have no doubt based on besides your athletic prowess, <clears throat> there's, there's a fighter in your heart, there's a fighter in your mind, and if I may so <clears throat> when you're fighting for the honor of someone who's passed on, there's a whole different level of adrenaline. So I think that's one. Number two, <clears throat> I think that you are someone who, um, because you are raw emotions, I think behind a microphone, when you have the credibility and the platform with a little bit of social media and you know, the accolades of regaining a world championship, which gives you the platform – you're gonna. I think that raw raw emotion is gonna ignite the hearts and souls of thousands of people, and um, and I think that people are attracted to real people as opposed to you know all the all the plastic. At the end of the day, I think people want real, and um, <clears throat> I I want to be respectful of your time and 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 say the following. You know, a large part of this whole show is is hopefully to. As I said, give give people tools um, for life. Share the stories of high profile people, you know, that have um, that have, did not give up. What the fight for you to regain your world championship? I leave that up to promoters. I leave it up to people that are boxing a lot better than me. The fight to be a success in life. The fight to be a winner. Can you just perhaps share with our listeners? Just. Your three or four important uh, take-homes of how to win the, the battle of life.
0: I'm going to use myself, my story, what I do. I don't walk this walk alone. Yep. Yeah. I don't walk this walk alone. I pray. I pray a lot. You know, there's, there's a God. Yep. Powerful. Powerful God and I pray in Jesus name, I I pray. So you gotta have faith, you gotta pray. Right. You gotta have, you gotta believe in yourself. You gotta believe in, if you wanna be successful in life in whatever field it is, you gotta believe in yourself. Yep. When no one believes in you, you gotta believe in yourself, no matter what. You gotta truly believe that you are capable of Whatever your dream and vision is. Regardless of what people are saying. Rego- believe me, they, they, they are endless. They yeah. will try to bring it out. So, 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 to me, prayer, faith. I believe in myself. You've got to vision it. you got to see it. Everything in this world, all, every success story, everything in this world that's been a success has been created twice. I tell people. First, in your mind. Yep. You've got to create it in your mind. You've got to play this out in your mind. You've got to have a vision. You've got to see it. you got to. You got to believe it. And then go out and do it. If you don't have that, I'm sorry. It's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for you. Excellent advice. Step out of your comfort zone. You've got to step out of your comfort zone. there's a a fine line between success and failure. It's a fine line. You gotta choose to step over the line into discomfort, uncomfort. Place yourself in uncomfortable positions. This is, I like to share this real quick. Please. Think of this, in your comfort zone, when uncomfort hits you, when negative things in life hit you, when setbacks hit you, that's the first thing that comes up in your mind. That's the first thing you notice when you're in a comfort zone is all the uncomfort, all the discomfort, all the disappointments, all the setbacks. That's the first thing we always notice. But if you take yourself and you place yourself in an uncomfortable situation, and you get comfortable getting uncomfortable. You are so comfortable in your uncomfortable zone, and something good in your life happens. That's the light that goes, it's like, wow. It's not, it was supposed to be difficult, it was not. And you start seeing the blessings in your life. You start seeing the good things in your life. So take yourself, I challenge you to take yourself, Place yourself in that uncomfortable. Do that thing that makes
1: you scared. Do it. Beautiful advice. I think that the the take home, and I think the theme throughout uh, a lot of these discussions is make friends with adversity. Make oh, the the like stepping that. stone. Uh, make the stumbling block into a stepping stone. So I, I want to say, Chris, uh, a former world champion, without question in my mind, a future world champion. And I can say from the heart, I'm I'm proud to call you a friend. Thank you for your Thank time. You. Thank you.